Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for. Hey guys, Coach Jay, and I'm here again with Shruti, and today we're talking about the next chapter and turning the page. I have some announcements to make and really looking forward to the next chapter in my life. Hope you enjoy this show. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and I'm back again with Shruti, and today uh, we have some news, uh, more on the personal side with me. Uh, I finished cardiac rehab on Friday, uh, which is great for me to just move forward and, and get back to, I know we hate the the term new normal because COVID's kind of given that a negative feel, but basically whatever my new normal is going. And then also to touch on a lot of the topics that we've done about our energy levels and our environments, uh, I actually just put in my two weeks uh, notice in for a job that I've been at for nearly 25 years. Um, that in some cases has been really good to me and in other cases has sucked the life out of me. And uh, it was just time to make a change. I'm, an ex I'm excited to make these changes and uh, Shruti's gonna kind of take over and lead this show with some questions for me and see where it goes. Sure, so when did you make the decision to, com to commit to making this change and transition in your life? I'd say we, because this, as much as my decision, obviously the, the conversation goes along with my wife and, and there's the health aspects of why I needed to get out of there. Um, but you also have to think responsible adult, we still need to meet our financial responsibilities of paying mortgages and bills of and course. stuff like that. Uh, I'd say it was probably about a week and a half to two weeks ago where I finally said, okay, it's time. Now with that said, it's been a uh, almost five years of, okay, I've had enough. We got to make a change. And pretty much once I hit the 20 year mark and it really settled in that there was nothing more for me there other than the possibility of a yearly raise, which I mean, didn't even cover COLA. So, and, and for those of you that don't know, COLA is cost of living allowance. So it never even covered what your cost of living increase was each year. Um, so that was, it was very difficult the past four or so years just to know there was no corporate ladder for me to find. I worked in a machine shop and, and I enjoyed what I did. I enjoyed what I did with my hands and, and working on uh, making the products that we made and, and running the machines, the additional headaches on top of it, machines that didn't cooperate. Um, and, and then other little issues made the, the past few years difficult. So like I said, about a week and a half ago, we decided, okay, it's time. And initially I said, you know, what? we'll do it either the Friday before or the Tuesday after Labor Day weekend. And then I mean, just sitting and talking with my wife, it's like, why stretch it out for another two months? I mean, if I are, if my mind and my heart already said I'm out of there. And uh, like I said, in my, my official resignation letter, I will continue my last two weeks with the same, and integrity and dedication that I have for the past 24 years. I'm not going to slack off the last two weeks or say, Hey, what are you yeah. going to do? Fire me. I'm going to work the same way I have finishing it off, but why stretch it out for me and, and limit myself and what I have available to me and in, in my life, why not start that next chapter now and turn the page and it's the next chapter. No, no, that's great. And it's something you are being truthful with with yourself so let me ask you 
what is your quote unquote why you decided to make this change? What is what's the why behind it? Overall, I I have the passion for coaching. I love coaching. Um, like I said to to Maria, to my wife, and then when they were asking, what am I doing? I said, I'm not going to have a full-time job. I'm going to have four or five part-time jobs. Uh, I've been getting uh, a lot of the private archery lessons. I want to do more of the personal training. I have some opportunities to go back and do more with the photography. Uh, I have a couple other friends that own businesses that uh, would like my help with running their businesses. Um, so the overall was the health reason would be number one, waking up at 4am. And I've talked about on the fitness and health side, it's getting exercise, number one, what you eat, how much you eat. And that third very important component is sleep and rest. And that's extremely yeah. important. And by go, waking up at 4am and in the past couple of weeks while doing rehab, I was still waking up at 5am to go in for six. I mean, I operate on five to six hours of sleep, which is not healthy. And it stunted my progress, my progress of losing weight, my progress of building muscle. Uh, so my overall health, I mean, I can't say that my job contributed to my cardiac issues, but it definitely didn't help it. So that would be my one, my number one reason was just, I needed a more healthy environment physically. And like I said, there were some draining aspects on the emotional and, and mental side of it. And then the one A is, I want to do what I'm passionate about. I, I, as much as I like working on machines and working with my hands, the coaching aspect is where my passion is helping and working with people. And between what does that two. do for you on an emotional uh, level? I, I love it. Um, we just had our, our state championship for archery recently. And I had, five or six kids competing, a couple of them in their first, uh, one of them in their first tournament altogether, a couple other ones in their first outdoor tournament. And just to see these kids and how they excelled and with them coming back saying, Hey, thanks coach Jay. And I had a lot of fun. And then having the parents thank me it, and there's nothing better uh, yeah. than, than to work with someone and see their progress and see the excitement and even the cases of, I mean, I had one who she didn't perform as well as she would have liked to. The next day, she was adamant she wanted to go back to their club. And her father sent me a text and said, hey, just so you know. And she was really disappointed with her performance at the tournament. But we went to the club the next day and she, I mean, easily shot this for a score with no problem. And same thing, I mean, my, my son, Brian, who he actually... Uh, is state champion now for Connecticut. He shot a 602. He earned his bronze Olympian pin by shooting a, a 310 in the first half. And that's a pin that I have to actually submit his scorecard to the national office of USA archery. And they send it to him. I can't even give him that pin. Uh, and he had a rough winter, obviously last year with COVID, there were no tournaments. Um, so to see him struggle in the winter season was tough. And that, to see him come out in the excitement uh, like I said, to see, see me coaching and, and to go back to, to work. That's one thing that the owner of the company, I, and I'll, I'll say this publicly, not that he listens to the podcast, uh, but Eric who owns, owns the company. And I even said it in conversation on a business professional level, we butted heads here and there, like any relationship, whether you're in a friendship, whether you're in a relationship, any type of relationship, there's going to be headbutting on a personal level. 
he allowed me to leave work early for six months of the year for 15 years to coach high school soccer and baseball. And I couldn't thank him enough for that. Um, and to see me on the sidelines of the soccer team and the dugout of the baseball team and, and now with the archery team, I mean, I just absolutely love coaching. So what would be your advice for someone who might be in a similar position as you were? They're kind of looking for that change, but maybe they're afraid to take that leap. It, it is a tough thing. I had the security again. Uh, March would have been 25 years and more in mean, a quarter century, more than half of my life, literally in this same factory, punching the same clock, doing the same thing. Uh, as much as there are parts that you don't like, there's that comfort. So it is difficult. I had mentioned I wanted to get a guest on here and the guest was actually you and me, my brother. Um, for those that listen regularly, that Simon Says Farms ad, that's my brother's farm. It's his barbecue sauce that he makes. Uh, he is now working full-time, he and his wife, on their family farm. In his case, COVID is the reason why he's doing it. He lost his job with COVID, and we had a conversation where he was not happy in his corporate job. He said the money was good, everything else about it was good, but the passion wasn't there. And yeah. he even wonders, would he ever have made the jump? Is that as much as they wanted to do the farm thing full-time, he doesn't know if he would have ever had the the guts to, to make that jump. So it is a tough thing. I mean, as far as advice, you have to weigh everything. I mean, we, everyone's heard that, I mean, money doesn't buy happiness and then you hear the, yeah, but it makes sorrow much better, much easier to deal with, but it's, <laughs> it, what do you want? Uh, there's a story that I I've repeated and I might've actually said it on here. Uh, there were two women uh, one of them lived like a princess. She had all the money in the world. The world watched her. And this was before social media kept tabs on her. And she had the life of a princess. And there was another woman who, and she, she wasn't overly happy, but then there was a second woman who lived in poverty, had nothing at all. And again, the world kind of kept track on her again, before social media, these two women died about a week apart from each other. And this is a true story. Oh, wow. The first woman is princess Diana. The second woman is Mother Teresa. And I heard that story and it's always, I, I just, I heard that story 21 years ago. It was at a, a youth 2000 religious retreat that one of the, uh, the Franciscan friars, the priest that was there told that story. And it just, I've never forgotten it. So if money is holding you there, your happiness is so much more important. Being relaxed, being able to I mean, I don't know if you hear the, the energy level in, in my voice. I'm looking forward. Yeah. I, mean, I, I still have two weeks. I have next week, then we're shut down for vacation for a week. I'll go back the week after. Um, and another thing for anyone that and is making that change, even if you feel like you want to kick your boss in the shins every now and then, don't burn bridges. And for any boss out there that has an employee that you butted heads with, on your end, don't burn bridges. Because somewhere down the road, a year from now, five years from now, maybe I'm not in the position I want to be in and I might need a job. I don't want to burn those bridges. Or six months from now, he's having trouble with the machine, hasn't gotten someone up to speed running them. And he might have a question and calls me, hey, Jay, can you come in and help us out? We're having trouble with this job. So whether you're, whether you're the employee leaving or you're the boss that's losing an employee, don't burn bridges in either direction. It's not worth it. Keep that connection because you never know who can help you down the road. No, I definitely agree with that 
too. I think it's also important to establish boundaries early on when you're starting a job or early on in a relationship because that gives the impression of the treatment that you're willing to accept. So if you do that from the beginning in a respectful way, not coming from your ego, but knowing your worth, knowing your value, I think it can strengthen the professional relationship and the personal relationship so that you're not taken advantage of. Because if you don't always establish boundaries early on, even though people don't do it on purpose, like where they have this like malicious intent to take advantage, unconsciously they will because you like allow them to get away with it because you're scared to speak up or you're afraid you're going to piss them off or you're afraid you're going to get fired. But if you walk into a new situation, knowing your worth, owning it and letting someone know, yes, I will do this or no, I will not do this. And coming from an authentic place, not from the ego, I think you'll gain more respect and also a stronger relationship. And that could lead to a lot of other opportunities down the line. Like you said, even if you stop working together, that could, you know, maybe someone will hear about a job that you worked with and they'll refer you. They'll be like, oh, I remember Jay and he was really good at this. So I'm going to refer him to my buddy who actually needs someone for this job. Yeah, I think Uh, that he would mention like, the older generations now his father started this business and and you hear this i mean all the time whether it be in pop culture whether it be things that oh geez the the, the older generation i mean you go back to the the 40s and the 50s and you watch the tv shows i mean everyone watches um what a christmas story with the uh, you're going to shoot your eye out and you see the father getting up and going to work and getting up and i mean that's what it was the guy worked 60 70 hours a week and and the woman stayed home and did the cooking and cleaning that was the culture so I don't need to get beat up on the, the whole men versus women thing. That was the culture. <laughs> right. the, the, it was. It the, I mean, was. you watch Lassie, you watch I and mean, leave it to Beaver. That's how it was. And now, you, and then same thing. Everyone wanted it worked, worked, worked. I think this, the younger generation, and I'm, I mean, I'm that generation X, I think is what they call us. I mean, 45. So I've seen, I'm on the tail end of one generation, but the starting of the next generation I think more people do stick up for what they're worth now more than they did in the past for a number of reasons. One, you have the research, you have the resources to protect yourself and go back to when I started, when I started, uh, the internet didn't exist. And you'd have two or three guys literally bring the newspaper in the work. We'd be in the break room, reading the newspaper. I mean, people sneaking in the bathroom to read it in there. And, and now it's, everyone's got a cell phone and we have to lock them up and put them in cell phone prison and stuff. So when it comes to the laws of what can your boss say to you? What, how can your boss treat you? How can your boss speak to you? And there are laws on I mean, abusive connections so people will speak up and like wait a minute you can't speak to me like that and you have to treat me in a respectful manner so i think this younger generation the next generation that's coming out is definitely sticking up for their value and their worth more because they know they have the support of at at the very minimum the support of the law behind them and has easy access to the proof here it is right here on my phone look here's the law you can't say that to me So I I think you're going to see less of, I'm not going to say less dedicated employees staying 25 years like I did, but less people putting up with 
being shortchanged on either their pay or shortchanged on the respect given? Well, I mean, yeah, there's definitely laws in place, but again, the, what people, I don't have control over how my boss treats me. I only have control over how I react. You only have control over how you react, how they speak to you, regardless of the laws, it's up to you how you respond, right? So if someone is treating you or talking to you in a condescending way or constantly belittling you, it's like, okay, hey, this isn't a match. I don't think this is working out because there's always going to be another job. Having that mindset of, oh, like, am I going to be able to get another job is living in a very lack state of mindset. If you know your value, you always know it's like a bus, right? One bus goes, there's going to be another bus. Okay, you might have to wait another couple of weeks for one. But if you truly believe that and you truly believe in your worth, and you know when to walk away. I'm not saying like, just walk away and like quit. Try, try a few times. If it constantly is the same behavior or something doesn't shift in the direction that you want it to, now you have the ability and it's your choice. It's in your hands. Do I wanna stay in this environment because this is what I'm gonna get if I stay here? Or do I wanna make a change and do something different where it matches with who I am and how I'm going to be treated and my value. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And that was, I mean, towards the tail end, like I said, I I've really struggled being there for nearly five years. I mean, I hit the 20 year mark there, there was no big fanfare and not that I was expecting, I mean, a free trip to Hawaii because I hit 20 years, but I mean, a little more than, Hey, it's 20 years. Um, but it's knowing it really started clicking in. And I, and I say, you always hear the phrase, I, I wish I knew then what I know now. And I, I've said this before, I don't think it's necessarily knowing then what you know now, but understanding then what you understand now. So as a 21 year old kid going into a shop and in my second year, getting my second year vacation and thinking, wow, I'm 21, 22 years old. I live in an apartment by myself. I have two weeks of paid vacation. I can do whatever I want. This is great. Eventually I'll get three weeks. This is great. But then next thing you know, you're married. Now you have kids. Now you have kids that want to go to this tournament or go with their travel soccer team. And then you're saying, I'm sorry, I don't have that much vacation time. You can't go. Wait, no, sorry, we can't do a vacation. Well, I'm, I don't get to pick my vacation. I have to take it this week, but now my wife can't take it off. So I'm twiddling my thumbs on the couch because I can't take my own vacation with my family because it's dictated. If you understand that earlier that, okay, just think five years, 10 years from now when you have a, a significant other and you have kids and you have other things in your life, is there enough for you to earn, not just on pay, but on the time? I mean, you can't get time back. You can always make money somewhere else, but missing your kid's baseball game, missing your I mean, prom pictures because you work second shift and you can't take the day off because you don't have personal days. And so, and you, your daughter's going to her, get her prom pictures at the park with all her friends and you got to miss it. Those are things that you'll never get back. Yeah. And that's why people start their own businesses. And of course you need to make money in the meantime. So stay where you are. I'm not saying quit your job, like your day job, focus on your own stuff too, on the side. And then when that starts becoming more successful, then you can quit that nine to five job. Now you're in charge of your own business. Now you have your own thing. And now you can go to your daughter's game, your son's games, because now you have your successful business and you've earned it. So 
why not do that? And I think a lot of people, like you said, during the pandemic did kind of shift into that mindset because a lot of people were being laid off. So they had no other choice to start something for themselves. And people are, have been so successful with their own independent businesses, just even online, just even online, everyone's on the internet, or if you want to have it on a farm, wherever it is, you have the ability. And I'm sure every single person has a passion that they could turn into a career on their own while still working at their job till they feel, you know, sufficient enough or financially stable enough to just commit to their own thing. Well, I, and it goes both ways with that, like with, with COVID and everyone starting working remotely, there's a lot of businesses out there that decided, you know what, we're going to stay with the remote thing. Why rent office space? We can still do what our business does from these remote locations. But then there's also people that miss being around people. Even if I was in a cubicle, at least next to me, there was another person in the cubicle with a pulse that I can talk to. And my sister, uh, she posted something on, on Twitter saying, Hey, any boss out there, if you're having trouble getting your employees come back to the, the, an office environment, I'd love to be in an office environment again. So contact me. So if, if there's anyone listening out there that needs a writer or an editor, my sister has a degree in writing. If you, if you're looking for someone and you're in the, the upstate New York area and contact me, cause I know someone who loves her trade and, and would love to be back in an office. Uh, but there, I mean, there's, I think more and more people are willing to make those changes sooner. Um, I mean, there's that, the stipulation of, oh, geez, he's had X amount of jobs in so many years. Well, some of it, in some cases, it's, yeah, people can't hold a job and you butt heads and they're kind of let go and find other jobs. But then there's a lot of other cases when people realize, you know what, I tapped up my potential here. Time for me to move on if I can't get any more. I mean, you're always the last guy. It's kind of like when you buy a car, the last guy you go to is always going to give you the best price, even if it's only by a hundred bucks, even if it only knocks your payment down $5 a month or $10 a month, the last guy is always going to give you the best price on the car. Well, it's the same thing with I mean, trying to find a job. If you go one place and, and again, not trying to play the number game and trick people, but this guy offers you X amount of dollars, that last guy will, will beat it by 50 cents or beat it by a dollar. So you're going to get the, I think a lot more people are going to say, you know what? I maxed out on all my benefits at this shop at seven years. You know what? There's nothing more for me to gain here. Time for me to go to the next shop and I'll work there for five or seven years and then go to the next one. And and I think more people are willing to do that. Yeah. uh, I think that's very true. I also was just thinking about, you know, when we walk into certain situations like a job interview or something we ask ourselves, oh my God, is he going to like me? Am I going to do a good job? You know, how is this going to play out? Am I on my A game? And instead, I feel like we can walk into a situation situation more empowered by asking questions such as, am I being the most authentic version of myself walking into this room? Is this good enough for me, does this align with my goals? Does this align with my vision? Because when you kind of switch the question by owning it in your power, you're going to get a different outcome because you're standing in your power. And I'm 
saying like your your truth, your authentic self, not not ego. I'm not talking about ego. I'm talking about really just owning your own value. Okay, is this good enough for me? Like, well, I know I would used to walk into a room and be like, oh my god, are they gonna like me? And now I'm like, okay, is this good enough for me? How do I feel? Am I being myself? And I feel so much more empowered going from that position as to where I'm looking for validation from the outside. And I think we do that when we go in a work situation, when we go in a social situation, in a dating, whatever situation it is, if you just kind of flip the question around, you'll start attracting more results of what it is that you want and what you are, what, what you are. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I think more people are looking for their their comfort overall and how well they fit into that that environment and if it works or not. Uh, I, I just did a quick search. It says according to a January 2018 report uh, for the Bureau of Labor and, St- Labor and Statistics, the average person changes jobs 10 to 15 times with an average of 12 job changes during his or her career. Many workers spend five years or less in every job. So they devote more time and energy to transitioning from one job to another. So five years or less changing jobs 12 times. I mean, I was in one job for, well, round it off. Like I said, March would be 25 years. And so the average person is going to have five different jobs in the amount of time that I stayed in one job. Um, Wow. So there there's, I mean, it's very common for people um, to to change jobs. Uh, I was talking to my wife about it, and she works in the banking industry. And people said the only way to make more money in that industry is switch banks. And and from a business standpoint, I fully understand businesses, just like salespeople. You 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 want the the number. It's the numbers games. I mean, business want to pay their employees as little as possible and get as much service out of it. Employees want to make as much money and in some cases, do as little work as possible. So there's always going to be that. And so when you go from when this bank or this job says, hey, I'm only going to give you X amount, it's time to go and search other industry, other companies within your industry that might give you a little more. And yeah, and like I said, it's the value isn't always on the dollar. And, and like I said, and I, I said it to him personally, I've said it to friends, people within the shop the ability for me to go and coach for those years of high school. And don't get me wrong. If I lost five hours of, of overtime, I, I more than made that. And what I got paid to coach, but I didn't coach for the paycheck. I coached for the passion. So what I didn't need to yeah. worry about losing the money and not paying my, my bills. Um, but but that- I think people are afraid to ask for how much they think they're worth. They go in nervous. So if I go in, I'm like, oh, I really want 30 an hour, but I'm like, no, they'll probably won't. They probably might think that's too steep. I'm, I still should be able to ask for that. If you want to say no, okay, now it's my decision if I want to accept the job. But if I know my friend, he asked, he works in finance and he asked for a certain amount of money and a lot more than I think they were usually giving to people. And he got it. He got that amount. He walked in confidently asking for x amount of you know uh money a year and they they gave it to him well i think that goes into being older and wiser again 25 years i started this shop at 20 21 years old 
And I started as the parts washer. I literally washed the parts in, in a tumbling barrel. And I asked for, you know, I don't even know what minimum wage was at the time, but I asked for $7 an hour. I mean, I started this shop job at $7 an hour. A guy I worked alongside with for 25 years, he, he was washing parts for $6 an hour when he started. Uh, so you got to go back to what the what pays were like 25 years ago oh that's yeah that's uh, a while ago now right. no but but i'm saying where when you're starting a job at at 18 or 19 or 20 let's say you're a college kid coming out of school at a 22 years old and you're doing it you're doing something with computers and you're going to go into a job knowing that you know your craft and you're going to and i'm just going to throw numbers out there and you're going to say okay i want 25 dollars an hour but the next guy who's doing IT, he comes in and he interviews and he knows his craft and he's like, oh no, I want 35 an hour. I mean, cause he knows what it's worth. So I think the experience comes into not only knowing what you're worth, but knowing what your craft is worth as well. Oh yeah, no, and, I agree with that. And the, and the confidence to be able to ask and necessarily walk away when they say, nah, sorry, we can't do that much. Okay, no problem. I know down the road, someone will will do that uh, yeah i know the experience is definitely necessary and that's i think where the confidence comes in when you're going into a situation you're like okay i know my craft i know my experience i've been doing this for a while and i think he he the guy that i was telling you about he had graduated and he had some experience but i mean he's my age and i think that was like the first you know not real job, but maybe his like second uh, job or career in that specific field in finance. And I think he just owned it when he walked into the room and they liked him. And, you know, that's another thing is like, you want to work with people you like. So if you find a way to connect with someone, don't force it. I'm not saying force it, but, oh, they have a frame of their two kids their two sons. Oh, I have two kids too. Um, like what are their names? Whatever you find that little connection and that unconsciously creates, um, a bond with that person. So there's always a way to connect if you want to connect with people in a situation. Well, it's like mentioning confidence. I mean, we did the show I mean, confidence first comfort where, and someone asked, and my friend Aaron, who did the the opening uh, credits for us, he uh, he asked about the confidence. And I think same thing. There's plenty of people that are confident in what they can do, but the comfort of it still being a new environment I mean, makes it difficult. It's like, oh, you know what? If I go in and I ask for $18, they'll probably take me. But if I ask for $20, they will probably say no. So let me at least get the 18 and get in the door. Well, you, you know what? You might ask for 20. They might say 18 and you might settle on 19. And so it, yeah. it, it doesn't hurt. And he, I even remember my mother saying, oh, geez, maybe you should have asked for $8. And again, going back to seven, $7 for eight versus $8 yeah. way back when. Um, but it, it's one of those things. Um, I mean, I have and doing the private archery lessons. I charge $40 an hour for archery lessons. And I've had some people say that the price is too steep, but then I have other private students that I've been teaching now for over a year that 
come every week and, and pay 40 bucks an hour for a private archery lesson. So other people, you got to know what your value and then the out who's ever coming in, whether they're paying you to work or think about every time you go out and, and do something, you got to realize is that value good for you? Yeah, that's why I said the question to ask is, is this good enough for me? And that's important because if you settle, I think eventually you're going to kind of not have resentment, but you might be like, oh, why did I settle? And then you'll have regret. I think that's the word. You'll have regret. I, I mean, one thing, like you said, how do you make that decision? Um, I mean, that's going to be a, a personal thing for everything, but I would definitely say, look at the entire package. Okay. So if you're talking about leaving a job, don't just open up your paycheck and base your decision to leave or stay solely on the paycheck. Uh, I'll tell you right now, if I was coaching high school sports still, and was still being allowed to leave two hours early and, and do what I do six months a year and and, and have the flexibility when playoff times came, tell them, Hey, a couple of times a week, I need to leave at noon because the games are earlier and, and having that ability, you know, it might've been harder to leave because if I was going from corporate world to corporate world or, and something like that, and I'm in a mom and pop shop, if I went to a, a big and corporate machine shop that, you know, you don't have that flexibility to come and go as you please. Yes. I'm making a dollar, $2, $3 more, but now I'm losing the opportunity to do that passion. And when you, when you have a guy, and this is something that I, I could go into work and say, Hey, Eric, and my father just called me, you got tickets to the Yankee game. Uh, you mind if I leave at 10 AM tomorrow? Yeah, no problem. Make up your time on Friday. Where again, if you're in that corporate world, you don't have that flexibility and you're going to, so don't base it purely on your paycheck, base it on the other things that are included. And I would say this, the fringe benefits outweighed the benefits by far where I worked. Uh, and then on the flip side, for the bosses out there, don't just look at your employee that does their job, their job description. Keep in mind, what does this employee do outside of their job without saying, eh, it's not my job. The guy that's there every day on time, the guy that has no problem helping anywhere they can, the guy that's creative and can do other things outside of their, their own job. Um, take those into, into consideration too, when you let someone walk as easy, or if you're looking to replace them. Uh, like I said, you don't want to burn bridges in either direction, but from both directions, you have to look at the overall value of where you are and who you have with you. And don't just base it on that paycheck. Well said. And Jay, just to close it off, can you share one thing that you're looking forward to and one tip for the, for the listeners, for our listeners, um, um, any advice you have? Overall, um, again, going back to why, why I did it. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how sleep affects me physically. Uh, like I said, yeah, yesterday, as, as we're recording this Friday, um, was the an emotional day from putting in my two weeks, but then also finishing the 12 weeks of cardiac rehab. My last session was yesterday. So I had the emotions of that, um, the emotions of, of everything. So I'm looking forward to seeing on a health standpoint, how my life changes 
not being in a stressful environment and having my body physically just get the rest it needs. Um, from a, from a, what I'm going to do working standpoint, I just have a passion for coaching and I just want to work with people more from just the private archery lessons to the personal training, life coaching, anywhere that I can help someone else better their lives. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And so the, and if you've, you've heard the ad, the, the beam motivation ads, and that that's my coaching page. Uh, I'm going to be pushing that. Um, using this podcast, obviously, um, people hear me and my personality and, and what I can offer. Um, I in my own beam page on both Facebook and Instagram and, and just looking forward to, to being able to do what I love. I love it. Sounds so passionate and so sincere. So thanks guys for listening and we'll see you next week. Shift Mindset Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While the suggestions, strategies, and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with, these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for the PowerShift Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The PowerShift Mindset and also visit thepowershiftmindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The PowerShift Mindset.